This is Optimal Parenting Daily, Episode 209, Gratitude versus Consumption, Helping Kids Be Grateful, by Brittany Olson of NoSidebar.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OPD. I'm Greg Audino, your host and narrator, and today I've got a post for any parent out there who is looking for ways to make their children more grateful. And you may notice as I read this post today that it was written in anticipation of the holiday season. But to me, its values ring true all year round. So keep that in mind while you listen. And if you do like this material, challenge yourself to see how you can apply it no matter what time of year it is. So with that being said, let's open our ears as I jump into this post now and start optimizing your life. Gratitude versus Consumption, Helping Kids Be Grateful by Brittany Olson of NoSidebar.com I am here to admit that I genuinely dread parts of the next two months. Now that it's November, the holiday season is in full swing here in the U.S. The morning after Halloween, I walked to the store to find all Halloween items already replaced with Christmas items. I felt that annual anxiety creep in. The season of excess had arrived. Don't get me wrong, I love the intentions of the holidays but what actually transpires is often far from original intentions. I believe children have it worse than adults. So, this post focuses on helping kids through the season. By December 26th, many parents have heard the phrase, I want, more than the phrase, thank you. This reality can leave us parents feeling like failures. Why aren't my kids grateful? Answer, too much of a good thing isn't a good thing. Kids are bombarded with flashy toy displays everywhere they go, sugar and commercials promising endless joy, all while possessing their natural level of zero self-control. Parents want sweet and grateful children, but everything surrounding children tells them to want it all. How can we minimize all this for our children? I don't have a one-size-fits-all answer, but I know what has mostly worked for my kids. Here are some strategies to set your kids and yourself up for success through these two months. Number one, No Screen November. The first week of No Screen November is very hard. You have to hold firm in moments when you would rather give in to their pleas and be left alone. But I'm always blown away by the positive changes in my children. When my kids have no screen time, they are self-aware, kind, thoughtful, responsive, helpful, grateful, and polite. When they have a lot of screen time, They are impulsive, insatiable, zoned out, selfish, and rude. Why so drastic? Why not just limit screen time? Because sometimes absolutes are easier than leaving wiggle room. Trust me. Screen time usually includes commercials of the latest toys. Screen time appears to short-circuit their brain in a way that hinders transitions. Screen time provides constant hits of endorphins instead of the calm, contemplative state required for gratitude. So when you completely remove media for a period of time, they're not begging for the latest toys, they transition better, and they have more calm. This is my anecdotal conclusion from over four separate months of zero screens. For more on those experiences, you can read my posts No Media March and No Media Update. In short, a month off of screens makes my kids enjoyable to be around and less whiny and selfish. Number two, no shopping with children. Last year, for the entire month of December, 
I did not set foot in Walmart or Target with my children. I refused to fuel their insatiable appetite for cheap plastic toys. I was intentional to only take them to grocery stores and occasionally Walgreens for toiletries or vitamins. This was not always easy, and I understand that sometimes kids have to come with us. But if you can avoid taking them, (laughs) do it. They cannot beg for toys they don't know about. Number three, give. Every year, my kids fill shoeboxes for Operation Christmas Child. They fill the boxes with toiletries, socks, art supplies, and small toys. These boxes find their way around the world to children in need at Christmas time. While building the shoeboxes, my children and I always have amazing conversations. They always ask why we're including soap and toothbrushes in a fun box. This provides a great opportunity to discuss needs and wants. I get to teach them that some people do not have their basic needs met. So, while it's fun to give toys, they also need basic items. When we go to the drop-off station and they hand over their boxes, I see the gratitude in their eyes. In that moment, it seems like they understand how blessed they are. So, if your children are struggling to appreciate what they have, or have a mile-long Christmas list, like my kids, turn their focus outward. Number four, keep Santa simple. If you celebrate Christmas, Santa can become expensive, exhausting, and competitive. In our house, Santa only brings food. The kids write down their favorite snacks and treats, and that is what they find in their stocking Christmas morning. No toys from Santa. My son recently asked why Santa brings us food, but brings toys to other kids. I simply told him that Santa knows that we have plenty of toys and needs to save them for other children. This may sound too simple or not magical to some, but I think that someday when the kids get wise to Santa, they will not be as shocked. We also will not have to change our traditions. Stockings can continue to be for food, and mom and dad will continue to get them one to two gifts each. I'm not Scrooge. I actually love the holidays. The smells, the tree, the food, the love, the family, the cozy mornings off with nowhere to be, unwrapping gifts together and the joy on the kids' faces. These simple joys are my favorite. But in a world of excess and too much, these simple joys of the holidays get lost. So all the strategies listed in this article are simply my way of protecting those simple joys. I want those things to stand out and the excess to recede. You just listened to the post titled, Gratitude versus Consumption, Helping Kids Be Grateful, by Brittany Olson of NoSidebar.com. And many thanks to Brittany for the ideas she shared in this post. As I said in the intro, surely they can be applied no matter what time of year. And if I had to add one thing to this list, it might be travel. You know, not only is travel a fantastic learning experience, but If you and your family do enjoy the privilege of a comfortable lifestyle, then traveling to communities that don't share the same fortunes can be very eye-opening for children and really accelerate their perception of how the world works, how diverse it is, and how we can all find something to be grateful for, regardless of our socioeconomic status. So, whether it's a vacation, a mission trip, or anything in between, don't hesitate to introduce your children to the other parts of the world that they could learn from learn gratitude from especially. Okay, everybody, and that will bring us to the end for today. I'm so thankful you joined me, and I hope you took something from this episode. 
and do be sure to come on back tomorrow for another post. In the meantime, enjoy your Saturday, and I hope to see you again tomorrow, where your optimal life awaits.